Hello, welcome back to Sparrow Talk Presents. Hello, welcome oh. back to Sparrow Talk Presents. Hello, I'm doing this. I can't sustain it. It's a bit Terry Wogan. I like it. Um, this week in Sparrow Talk Presents, we're going to be talking about the 1999 television drama Harbour Lights. Yes. Yes. Um, would you like to say hello, Tom, to the listeners? Hello, Tom, to the listeners. It's a variation on the joke I made last episode. Oh, can I remember? Yeah. Graham? Yeah, hi. Cool, thank you. Uh, so, Graham's going to explain the programme now. Graham, over to you. Thanks very much. Mm. Harbour Lights. Harbour Lights. Um, 1999 is indeed the f- right. The first series went out then. The second series went out in 2000, which means I think we may have touched on five decades oh, now wow. on this show, which wow. is exciting. Cheers. Congratulations. Oh, well us. Have we done the 60s? I don't know. Well, yeah, did we? In Goodnight Sweetheart, he goes back to the 40s. That's true. So that would be the fifth. <laughs> yeah, that's the fifth decade. Thanks, Tom, for getting me out of my hole. Yeah, we've done five, um, which is great. Uh, it stars Nick Berry, none other. Uh, it was on the BBC One. Uh, ran on a Thursday night. Oh. There you go. Barry played uh, protagonist Mike Nichols, a former Royal Navy officer who returns to his childhood town of Bridehaven. It's not real, don't look it up. To take on the role of Harbourmaster. Uh, Bridehaven is actually um, played by Bridport, which is a real place. Jake Bridport. Ian Bridport. Some Wikipedia guff. The first series explored a blossoming romance between Barry's character Nichols and local constable Melanie Rush. The ruthless business dealings of Tony Simpson and the inter-family feuding of the Blades, mm. whilst the second series featured much darker, hard-hitting storylines, which apparently rubbed locals up the wrong way for fear of portraying uh, Bridport in a bad light. Mm. Uh, first episode went out on the 18th of February 1999, the same week in which the documentary Snapshot Billy went out, which follows 16-year-old Billy Piper from Tokyo to Los Angeles as mm. she attempts to balance her pop ambitions with her school work. Oh. Make a note of that for series three. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Michael French, could also be seen in the surgical <laughs> franchise show Holby City at the time, having moved on from the disappointment of Crime Traveller. Mm, that's unfair. Well, disappointment in ratings, disappointment they didn't get repeat. Nice connection between the two, though. Two EastEnders alumni. Well, two Wixes. Two, two Wixes. Double Wicks. Better than one. Absolutely. I went to school with Nicky Wicks. Did you? Yeah. His his younger brother, Joe Wicks, bought out a cookbook of some sort. Oh, is he the guy who espouses clean living? Yeah. He's got sort of... That nonsense. Longish hair. And yeah. It's big with the sort of this morning crowd. Yeah, I imagine they're probably all over Sunday brunch. And yeah, that's him. I like. Yeah, there you go. Wicks is everywhere. Mm. Um, weirdly, the second ever episode was lost. Mm. And so it wasn't shown in the original run although it has since been found, thank goodness, and broadcast on several occasions, and can be found on DVDs, I would say everywhere, can well, be found on DVDs. A lot like your Doctor Who, they they lost lots of episodes. Well, they tacked over them, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Oh, swines. Lack of foresight. What were they thinking? Uh, Lindhurst number. Ooh. I think you could probably guess, but have a crack. Five? Five. I mean... It's, it's going to be one. Yeah, it's one. <laughs> it's one. Uh... Lewis or Louis? Who knows? Let's go with Louis. Louis Mahoney, who plays Elvis in Harbour oh, yeah. Lights, yeah. is in a New Tricks, New Tricks episode in 2014, starring none other than old Nick, 
Himself, not the devil. Um, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> taking many forms. Um, the I think that's it, really. Um, why don't you tell us some stories, Tom? Sure, well, I'd love to. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let me intercept you. Uh, just on your point about being available on DVD, I have found it for twenty-six pounds twenty-five, free shipping. That's for series one and two. It's a four-disc set. Um, four discs. Well, I suppose you're paying for that lost episode. Yeah, I mean it's oh twenty one ninety five on this particular site, rare TV on DVD dot com. Keith, why don't we leave you to that, Tom? Why don't you yeah, you carry on. You that sounds like a pretty good cheaper. website, though. Rare TVD on DVD dot com. Rare TV on DVD dot com. Yeah. Well, now it sounds like we're plugging it. Like, this is the first <laughs> I've ever heard of it. Do you need a sponsor? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to square space um, sure, so we watched two episodes. We watched season one, episode one, entitled For Those in Peril. And we also watched season two, one from season two, uh, season two, episode four, entitled The Safe Side. Um, so if we start with season one, episode one, For Those in Peril, I've gone to the wrong notes, I'm now on the persuaders again, sorry. <laughs> Why didn't I talk about For Those in Peril, the title? Who will know where the title comes from? Is that some sort of mantra? I'll give you half a point okay. and actually on the quiz yeah, we? Uh, it comes from a hymn called Eternal Father Strong to Save a hymn traditionally associated with seafarers particularly in the See. maritime armed, I'm going to have a look at that armed services should I do a verse? please do <clears throat> oh, oh right let's see. I don't know how it goes okay. uh, Eternal Father Strong to Save whose arm hath bound the restless wave who bits the that would be bids the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep oh hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea. Wow. Cracking stuff. Very moving, yes, isn't it? I'm, I'm right moved, now. yeah. I thought it was set up the episode nicely. So, the episode opens with our mm. hero, Mike Nichols, yep. like Nick Berry, on a beach. Reciting poetry, no. He's not, but he's watching two boys fly a kite. Which is quite poetic. In, in mm. a way. Lyrical. <laughs> Dancing on the, on the wind. The kite or the boys? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> Metaphorically, the boys. Very much so. Um, uh, that triggers a flashback to his time as um, an officer. I think he's lieutenant commander in the Royal Navy. Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yes. Lieutenant commander. Good. Sorry. Good Wash gravy, Tom. Um, but the flashback triggered by the kite because it has a Saint George's cross on it, mm. and it takes him back to his ship days. As what days? Ship days. That's right. As lieutenant commander. So, lieutenant um, commander. Oh. So in the flashback. Mike is uh, commanding a vessel that's in the midst of a midst of a violent storm. His friend Pete is a diver on the crew, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite clear on the mission. I think it's about retrieving dr- some sort of oil drum. Mm, is that they certainly right? say drums. Yeah, they yeah. do say drums. Yeah, um, Pete wants to stay under and get the job done. Yeah, Mike instructs him not to. Too perilous. Mm-hmm. But Pete doesn't listen mocks Mike and then carries on with the dive that's right and he dies as a result I'm not sure how well there were some crashing waves above and I think he smashes his head on the glass is that what happens the diving Uh, bell I don't know what you call the outfit you wear when um, you dive a suit there's there's blood isn't there there is blood there's a bit of red in the water I assume he just head butted as they say in the wrestling biz is that right yeah a bit of colour we're not doing wrestling Mm. we talked about that (laughs) Um, so Pete dies, um, and I'm going to say good riddance because I don't I don't like Pete. Didn't like Pete. He yeah. had um, he's not very nice to Mike, no, is he? It's true. 
Apparently yeah. close friends, but I would say he deserved it. <laughs> Based on the information available to us, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mike, um, who we uh, come to learn is now Harbour Master, walks back through the um, fictional seaside locale of Bridehaven. Bridehaven. Um, the credits roll at this point, is that right? The, the theme tune, I think, the titles, up, yeah. yeah, which is pretty pretty good. Mm. They look Could very you... cheap. Though, yeah. Can you talk me through the theme music? Yeah. How would you, you spell that? <laughs> it kicks in with some ripping electric guitar, doesn't it? It's, I thought they came in later. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was this quite a tranquil thing to start. And some... Sorry, that's uh, yeah. I didn't express that very well. Right. Almost, almost in some ways, the opposite of, <laughs> of what happens. I'm, I sorry. Just, I'm sorry. I just, I uh, yeah. It's not unfair, but yeah, it's it's a very powerful electric guitar at the end there, yeah. which I think mm. it basically just describes the whole show. Musically, certainly. Yeah. You think so, it's a nice harbour. It's almost like you don't need to watch the show, but we did. Mm. Did we? Yeah. Some of us did. <laughs> I, I watched most of it. There's much commotion in the town of Bridehaven. Bridehaven. I've written Bridport. Oh, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> over again. Um, uh, on account of the imminent Bridehaven Gala Regatta, which seems to be a big deal for this sleepy seaside hamlet. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people in weird and wonderful costumes. Um, it's like a mini Notting Hill, wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of ladies of advancing years dressed up as the Spice That's Girls. That's right. Which I could, would have been finger on the pulse reference at the time, I can imagine. Stop was being played later in the episode, which would suggest... I'll get onto the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, there's also the Miss Bridehaven Gala Queen contest going on. That goes on for a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Um, this is exactly what I'd imagine a beauty contest in the UK would be like because it's like really overcast yeah, and yeah, like yeah. quite poorly attended the judging uh, panel are also quite an odd choice aren't yeah. they um, although there's much there is a quite a lot quite a lot of hollering and wolf whistling coming from a couple of young men in the front row who we think of the blade children yeah, which is weird because yeah, their sister's is also in, in it. the pageant yeah. well, I think it's only the brother one, one of the brothers Jason so, I think Jason's the nerd Jason's well. the bad lad isn't he yeah because yeah. the other one's at home I think yeah um, so uh, the event is presided over by Tony Simpson he's a local councillor and entrepreneur um, and owner of Simpson's Confectionery which makes rock and other candied goods mm. played by Gerard Horan yep familiar to you in Doctor Who two part of human nature and the family of blood absolutely oh Detectorists and the Detectorists, yeah, fantastic show. Yeah, um, he were, yeah. So yeah, the soundtrack um, <laughs> says fantastic mid. Well, I've got mid nineties, but you said nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's what it was. which seems late. Like I was, yeah, I don't know. I thought it'd be earlier than that for some reason. Uh, I think it's just very cheap. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a yeah fantastic uh, mid late nineties soundtrack during the beauty contest scene. Um, there's Lady Marmalade by the All Saints I heard this yeah oh. I wonder when that was 96, 97 yeah that seemed a bit earlier um, oh on an aside I was looking this up because uh, I couldn't remember if, what that song was called Lady mm-hmm. Marmalade well mm-hmm. I, f- I thought it was Lady Marmalade but I thought it might have had some yeah anyway um, I started looking up stuff about All Saints and do you remember three of the f- four w- 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 I remember all of them Tom. <laughs> three of the four were in a film called Honest yeah, vaguely yes it does ring a bell and that was written by um, Dick Clement and Ian uh, Frenet Frenet yeah. Yeah. Hmm. it's comedy 
I thought it was um, no, a tough drama, crazy drama. It's a thriller, I think. Yeah. It's a comedy thriller. I don't know. But okay. It's also directed by Dave Stewart from The Arrhythmics, which is unrelated. But I, I, I thought, oh, I saw their names. I'm like, oh, yeah. Another oh. Sh- song they play is Brimful of Asher by Corner Shop. Good one, yeah. Um, Sailor V by Bewitched. Yes. Good gravy, yeah. It's just taking me back. And as Graham said, um, <laughs> it does seem to last for the duration of those four, three full songs, doesn't it? It's it beauty, beauty. Yeah. yeah. It feels sort of like a cut price British version of Baywatch at this point. <laughs> yeah. Beauty pageant. Beauty pageant, beauty contest. Either way, I think it's. Yeah, both work. More or less. Isn't right. the pa- pageant more like they do us. They oh, do like a routine. Like Miss Universe. Yeah. Where's Where they might say, what are your hopes for yeah. the world? So what happens at a beauty contest? I think just it's just... them on the <laughs> merely superficial. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I've got no hit. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, this is just general. But I, I was first became aware of it during the scene, but the camera work on this show is really strange. Like, there's, it's quite creative, I'd say. Quote, unquote, creative. There's okay. like a lot of quick zooming, panning. It's like, yeah. kind of... I don't know if... I tell you, I did notice. A few when... Dutch angles. Excuse me. Hmm? Am I going to have to Urban Dictionary that? <laughs> a Dutch angle is um, hmm? when you... A Dutch angle. I see. When the um, the horizon or floor mm. is at a 45 degree angle. So it's sort of a... So if listeners at home, Tom is using his arm to display... Yeah, visual demonstrate media. a 45 <laughs> degree So it looks sort of askew. Angle. Yeah, it looks askew. I noticed when the blades were on camera, there's sometimes these... Uh, maybe it was a Dutch angle... That sort of thing mm. seemed to appear more and more to sort of suggest uh, an anarchic presence. Yeah, yeah. There's also there's a funeral scene later on, and the um, the camera work, and that's kind of so strange. Shaky camera work. Yeah, it's, it's like just a fight in the Bourne film. <laughs> um, anyway, it's yeah. I, I found it quite hard to watch. Well, not just that. I right. <laughs> yeah, for, for many reasons. Let's not spoil Don't the surprise. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, yeah. So. Yeah, as we sort of mentioned just now, the scene acts as our introduction to the dysfunctional Blade family. Because um, the daughter Kelly is a participant in the pageant slash contest. And we also find out that Tony Simpson is currently taking legal action against the Blade family matriarch, Rita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For stealing rock, I believe. She was going to start on the black market, wasn't yeah. she? Mm-hmm. Um, the early day Silk Road. Guess, <laughs> yeah. It was all rock, all rock back then. Um, elsewhere in uh, Bridehaven, um, Pete's sister Jane arrives in town with her son Jake, um, and it turns out that as well as being the day of, or you know, the weekend of the regatta, it's also the day of Pete's funeral, which seems bad timing. Yeah, real yeah, bad timing. Do somewhere else. Um, he, he died nine months ago, but they've only just found the body. Um, you know when um, it cuts to Pete's nephew and sister getting off the train yeah. did anyone else assume it was a flashback for Barry's character he sort yeah. of looks wistfully out the window <laughs> yeah. and there was a weird fade and then there was a young boy being escorted from a train I thought alright oh, this is a young a young Nick Barry yeah. yeah it is a bit hard to follow in places yeah I've had all just like a collection of scenes mm. may or may not have a connection in fact actually thinking of it now it reminds me quite a lot of a 999 episode yeah, I can see that cheap reconstruction. Yeah, or maybe maybe even casualty. I, I don't know where like you see the uh, 
pot on the stove boiling and a small child about to reach for it. <laughs> Basically, the episode. Um, also, I, I was, really wasn't clear until quite some time into the episode that that's Pete's sister and not his widow. Yeah, mm. I assumed it was yeah. his widow as well. It's sort of weird that it isn't his widow. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a dick. Yes, True. quite. Yeah. Anyway, all the um, all of Pete's family um, blame Mike pretty much for his death. Rightly so. Rightly so. He did cause it. <laughs> Strong words. Um, yeah. And Pete's mother actually goes to confront Mike, and she doesn't hold back, does she? She gives him a no, but she does express some grudging respect for him. She, she does for sticking around, yeah. but for coming back. Yeah, I, I interpreted that to mean he shouldn't have come back. Huh. but maybe not. Maybe mm. not. I didn't read that. I mean, I do view him through negative lenses. Yeah. Very. Uh, because of what? this show. Uh, no, because of his actions on the boat when he when he oh. killed his friend Pete. But he didn't. Pete Pete killed himself. Did he, Tom? So she loses the contest. Um, oh God, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm skipping ahead a bit. She yeah, Kelly. Everyone's a bit. And yeah. the brother's very upset. But, he, yeah. But the good brother comes and collects him. He does. Sean. Okay. Steve. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't realise at this point that they were brothers I yeah. Thought, yeah so the, yeah Pete's funeral happens the whole town comes out for it um, they really a, do don't they yeah and there's a regatta going on do you think yeah what's quite funny I thought was that the cafe owner Elvis Lou mm. Mahoney starts the episode just as an alien uh, <laughs> yeah. then changes into his funeral suit and then later on he's wearing a sort of purple blouse like shirt with <laughs> a big medallion on shirt <laughs> And it gives his wardrobe a real work. next day, he's an alien again. Oh, is he? Because he's on the float, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, so George, who's um, the Blade family, he's the head of the Blade family, and the, the town drunkard by all accounts, has a bit of a... That's too much of a good time at the wake, basically. And uh, Mike needs to escort him home. Um, and while they're there, we meet... Yeah, we properly meet the... the the Blade Boys, and it turns out Jason, um, who's we've established is the, the bad lad, the bad lad, yeah, once threw Mike's dog in the sea. He owned Mike's he dog. He owned Mike's mm. dog, but he threw it in the sea. Yeah, and uh, Mike rescued it, and now it says, "Is the dog called Liam or Leo?" Well, I thought Liam. Okay, cool. Just yes, fine. Um, and so I'm skipping ahead because it's good, terrible. Yeah. Uh, later on in the episode, Jason uh, tries to break into Mike's house to get Liam slash Leo back, but the other uh, Blade boy, Steve, not Simon, whatever he said, Sean, Sean, oh, I let it go. <laughs> who has um, yeah, he seems to have more of a moral conscience, doesn't he? Yeah, he he stops he stops uh, Jason and he knocks him out and there's this fantastic sound effect when he punches him yeah, <laughs> it's really like out of the, like, the old Batman show <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's like <laughs> do you not think it was strange that he punched his brother I think that's how the Blade family get things that's done that's how they communicate yeah 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 it was blunt force yeah yeah fine um, but Mike seemingly impressed by this offers Steve the job of deputy harbour master hmm. I don't think he's just to do Mike some credit I don't even think he thought he's punched him in the face <laughs> he's right. the man for the job uh, he I really think he, I think he likes I think he yeah, sympathises with okay. Sean yeah he thinks I need a man Lovely. who will punch his family yeah for, yeah. for, for a stranger quite right because deputy harbour master isn't a job to be entered into lightly Mm. It's also not a job which technically existed at that point. No. It still, still required council sign-off time, didn't it? Although needs no requisite training, apparently. <laughs> like. Incorrect. He said, I've seen how you handle your dad's boat. Oh, okay. See, so he saw it. Kind of 
Okay, fair enough. No, that's what you need. Um, uh, Brimful of Asher plays again at some point. Um, obviously getting their money's worth out of that. But I feel like this show does that a lot. Like the, the Pete's death scene, mm. which was quite an expensive looking scene by all accounts, yeah. is <laughs> repeated about four or oh, five times. Right, yeah, There's yeah. several flashbacks into the, up to that throughout the course of the episode. Well, they hired a water-based FX company. Did they? I noticed in the credits to yeah. country that scene. It was very effective. It's like the perfect storm, wasn't it? I believed there were waves in in that tank. Very wet. It was very, very wet. Yeah. Um, so, now, Keith and Graham, it's the moment we've been wait- waiting for. The it's, quiz? No, it's, oh. <laughs> it's the Bridehaven Gala Regatta. It oh, begins. Yeah. Um, and another 90s floor filler. It's like that. And that's the uh, way it is. Well, that's Run not DMC the... versus Jason Nevins. Jason Nevins. That plays in the background. That was 1997 too, I reckon. God, yeah. Um, so in all the excitement, young Jake, which is Jane's son, Pete's nephew, mm-hmm. um, finds his way to an unoccupied boat and hides under like a tarpaulin in the back. Yeah. And then that boat participates in the... A man dresses an orange. Yeah. Takes it out. Yes. Oh, yes, so correct. Participates in the race and Jake... I, th- I mean, I saw this coming. He falls in the water. Mm. Yeah. And then it's up yeah. to Mike to dive in and save him. And, you know, they narrowly avoid getting struck by a passing speedboat. It's possible ducking. Yeah, which I wouldn't have thought would be that I effective. You wondered that too. Yeah. Because yeah. surely just fly up again. Also, yeah. does he give the child time to take a breath? Because he doesn't. Because <laughs> Nick Berry does. I didn't see the boy doing it. It just drags him down underwater. A quick drowning. Um, Jake. When he's safe and sound, he's like, oh, please don't... He pleads with Mike not to tell his mum. Yeah, she cries a lot. Yeah. He tries telling his jokes, but she still doesn't stop. They might just be crap jokes. I wanted that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, Mike, yeah, basically lies and says he took Jake out on the boat. And he gets it from both barrels from Jane. As a result, and she says... Quote here: You're a despicable and unfeeling man. Mm. Yeah, he, he is. takes it. Yeah. He's a man of his word. He is. I promised mm. Jake he wouldn't say. And then the episode ends with him by Pete's grave, saluting a little boy. <laughs> the same little boy from the. Yes, that's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. No. Um, so, quick question for the both of you: Nick Berry's character, Lieutenant Commander Mike Nichols, do you think he's evil? <laughs> I hadn't crossed my mind. I'm going to say no. Oh, what what evidence would you have? Yeah, to suggest me. the contrary. Uh, well, he killed his friends, obviously, <laughs> and then covered it up. Pete killed Pete. Fine, yeah. Mike killed Pete. Uh, covered it up. Um, lied to a boy's mother. In fact, it was whereabouts. Um, and I just felt like there needs to be some subtext there because you can't just have his character as is because otherwise it's pretty thin and. Flaky, isn't it? It must be. There must be something going on. You watch the show, right? Yeah. Well, that's why I assume there was something going on. No, I think it is. I think. It, yeah, I don't think he's evil. That's it. Yeah, I, I think he, that's he, it. Yeah. That's what you're seeing on screen, Keith. That's what. Oh. That's what there is. I'm going to pretend he's evil. It's going to make it more enjoyable. They will put a different. Yeah. Maybe all the time he is Pete. What with a mask? Yeah. That'd be good, mm. wouldn't it? He was peeing. I mean, you never see the two at the same time on the ship at the beginning, do you? Mm. Camera cuts between the two of them. Like Armin Sanzarian in The Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot like that. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's crack on. Crack on, yeah. 
Cool. Um, so season two, episode four. So we've jumped forward about a season and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, you wouldn't know things. <laughs> well, much the I same. don't know because so this episode, the safe side, the title sequence has changed quite dramatically. That's true. I think. Yeah. So now we're treated to explosions, police cars, oh, boat yeah. chases, helicopters. Yeah. Tina Hobley. But Tina Hobley was in the first one. Yeah. But she's been brief. upgraded to a detective constable. Yeah, she was um, a PC before. I was going to say she was barely in it, but yeah. Oh, she was also barely in it. I noticed Series 1 had 10 episodes, Series 2 just 6. It was on the way out, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, It really was. Death note from a commissioner. So, so, (laughs) (laughs) am I right in thinking that a big part of this show was sort of a will-they-won't-they thing between... Uh, Nichols and whoever Hobley's playing. Uh, Melanie Rush, I think you said. Uh, right, PC I? Melanie Rush. PC Melanie So, because I, having watched the pilot, I was I was under the impression that Jane, Pete's sister, sister would hang around. I think she's in it for one episode only. Really, I thought yeah. she, her and Mike would end up. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not sure. But no. I'm not sure Pete gets a mention again. Really. I thought it should stick around because you know no, you can't just Nan- call him a despicable Nancy, and unfeeling man. Forward. So? Nancy, is that her name? What's her name? Jane. Jane. No, is she is in name? episodes 1 to 10. Is that right? According to Wikipedia. Well, what do I know? I thought she lived elsewhere. I thought she got the train in for the She funeral, lives in London, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, she keeps popping back. I guess so, yeah. Must go to and from every day. Her mother was saying, why don't you stay with Jake for the whole summer? But then given that he nearly drowned, you think that would have changed her mind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Anyway, season two, episode four, the safe side. Uh, the episode begins with some bad sort in a balaclava breaking into a house. They trigger the burglar alarm, but they manage to turn it off. Yeah, he's got it on a piece of paper, isn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. Mm. Um, in the harbour, Tony Simpson is anticipating the arrival of Mark Monteith, um, who is the bloke behind a centre park esque empire. Mm. Called, I think they're called Monteith Leisure Parks. He wants to buy Bridehaven. He wants to buy Bridehaven and put it under a dome. I think is the sort of not in a uh, Stephen King way, like in The Simpsons. Or The Simpsons, yeah, yeah. Um, That gets gets mentioned a couple of times. It does, yeah. Yeah. Which did make me think: Is this actually what he's planning? (laughs) Has the show changed that much in one series? Um, And yeah, I think Tony Simpson's quite excited by this prospect because I get the impression he owns quite a bit of Bridehaven, so he would be a tidy profit for him if he could sell it on to this Monteith fella. Greedy man. He is a greedy man. Um, Some mysterious lady keeps taking photos of Mike. Um, She introduces herself as Sarah, an aspiring journalist who wants to interview Mike for some unknown publication. Um... Elsewhere in Bridehaven, a man with a tattooed neck and a denim jacket is not enjoying his stay at Simpsons Caravan Park. He looks a bad sort. He is. Do you know? Do you know this guy, Peter Guinness? No, I don't think so. Oh, fine actor. Is he? You might know. Well, you don't. <laughs> he's a, he's an Alien Three. Yeah. I have seen Alien Three. He's one of the inmates. Great. Yeah. Is okay. it a, a significant storyline <clears throat> plot point? The the caravan park bit. Um, not really. He's introduced. I mean, he's introduced as someone who's just having a tough time. Right, okay. Um, I'll carry on. Yeah. Um, basically, the alarm on uh, Mark Monteith's yacht goes off, and it would seem that Sarah, the journalist, mm. uh, set it off in the process of trying to board the boat in search of a story. Um, and then I've just written, Mike pushes her into the sea. 
remember that. Again, proof that he's an evil man. Well, yeah, with that in mind. Building up. Um, I'm skipping huge chunks of this, but basically, the Balaclava Bandit strikes. Do you like that? Balaclava Bandit? Yeah. Strikes again. Um, They break into another property, but have. don't find it as easy disengaging the burglar alarm and end up getting uh, accosted by the the owner of the house and um, they break his arm the bandit breaks the yeah. man's arm Mike and Sarah are on a date at the fairground so yeah I get the impression here between the events of this and a previous episode or season Mike's been away somewhere because people keep saying to him oh you're glad you came back yeah but I don't know where, and I've also not bothered looking it up. So. No, I didn't do the research to that too either. But yeah. Um, Back to the 60s, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm? Heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, That's all I've got. He was in Heartbeat. Who? Uh, Me. No, Nick Berry. Nick. Wait, he also yeah. sung the theme tune. Uh, I've got some trivia on that. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, Peter it. Guinness. Um, the character with the denim jacket and the tattooed neck uh, confronts Tony Simpson about the substandard conditions of his caravan. He's missing utilities. He's missing basic utilities. Basic yeah. utilities. He's paid for the week, right? He's paid for the week. It's He's not happy cool. and he ends up um, kicking in the door of the local cafe in uh, his frustration. In a cafe, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Melanie, the police detective, um, played by Tina Hobley, uh, pays a visit to the owner of the local security firm who's been installing the burglar burglar alarms in the properties that have been robbed. I think she quite rightly suspects that he or someone in the company is responsible for this string of robberies. Um, And while she's there, she sees an old staff photo featuring... featuring, um, None other. None other than Sarah, quote-unquote journalist... But she's going by a different name these days. Still Sarah, but a different last name, yeah. 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 Um, so it turns out she used to work for the firm, um, but was dismissed after stealing from her employer, mm. which puts her in Melanie's crosshairs. She's the number one. Sarah is now the number one sus- suspect. Um, is Tina Hobley? Uh, is her judgment coloured by her jealousy? Quite possibly, yeah. Quite possibly. So it's it's it's, it's obvious that. Um, <laughs> It's obvious. It's obvious that uh, Mike, game show. Mike Nichols and this Sarah character are getting quite friendly. Yes. I would say he's sweet on her. Ah? But yeah. we don't know whether Sarah's playing him mm. or whether she's actually enraptured by our hero. I mean, Nick, Nick who, who wouldn't be? Exactly. Mm. He is evil. Um, so, meanwhile, Peter Guinness, I don't know the character's name at this point because I'm just going to call him Peter Guinness. Um, it's being really intense. Uh, he's really, he's really not happy about this lack of basic utility. Yeah, no, it's the To the point where he kicks people out of Simpsons Arcade. I'm not sure quite how he manages to convince everyone to leave. There's not much yeah. resistance. Is there? I mean, he's a pretty formidable guy. Yeah. So, but people seem to sort of people just seem to leave, and he yeah. cuts off the power. It's all very extreme. Um, and then Simpson responds by chucking him out of his caravan. Yeah, that's only going to antagonise him further. Playing with fire, mate. Mm. There's another robbery, but we realise it can't be Sarah because she's busy flirting <laughs> with Mike. Oh. So yeah, there's another robbery. The Balaclava Bandit strikes again. He, um, this time, his target is Monteith's big yacht. Yes. Um, but uh, the Balaclava Bandit can't open the high tech safe. It's very high tech. It's all like 
green LCD screens. Mm, yes, that was for the noughties. No, it would have been the noughties. Noughties, so yeah. Sense. Red lasers. So he becomes frustrated um, and smashes the place up. The alarm's still going off, alerts Steve, the deputy harbour master. Mm-hmm. Still um, gets his job. We're yeah. pleased about that. Yeah, uh, he goes to investigate. And he starts choking the bandit with a rope, which I thought was a very... Um, I don't know, it just seemed like quite an extreme reaction. Um, you think you'd just try you'd just try and apprehend him somehow. Mm. You know, well, choked him with a rope. I suppose he's just used to having rope around. Is this like naval law? <laughs> Is it different? That's what they do in the Navy. Um, Kill your best friend and strangle people with a rope. That's Barry's influence. Maybe you're right, Keith. Maybe yeah. he is evil. Yeah. So yeah, it turns out Peter Guinness, angry man, is actually Sarah's dad. None other than I know. What? His name is Vinny. Thank you. And um, they're in it together. Um, they're in they're they're in cahoots. Mm-hmm. They're a team. That's right. Um, she was tasked with distracting the harbour master, and while Vinny went and did the robin, or attempted the robin, um, so we find out Vinny is a seasoned safe cracker. Um, but years of exposure to explosives and explosive chemicals has rendered him deaf and prone to fits of rage um, and he maintains that he's an artist when it comes to explosives he's basically a comic book villain <laughs> like he's got this yeah. sort of quite the safe cracker yeah tortured sort of like origin story um, it turns out Monty's big yacht was going to be his last his big, big job yeah. yeah his last big job um, but he's a bit distracted because he goes to confront Tony Simpson again um, he rigs up um, the safe in Simpson's office with explosives and he ties Tony Simpson to a, a lot of rope around, isn't there? A lot of rope, Ooh, yeah. I suppose and it looks like he's living by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's set to blow Tony Simpson to high heaven, but yeah. he, um, he doesn't follow through with it. I can't remember why. Does Is it because it, it doesn't work? I hope it didn't work, yeah. yeah. So he instead meets up with Sarah, um, who convinces him to have another stab at robbing Monteith's yacht. Um... And he goes for it, uh, but he's intercepted by Mike, Melanie, and the police. So it turns out Sarah shocked him to the Rosses. She did. All in the interest of getting him help, she says, but... Yeah, I don't know. And then the episode just sort of ends. It's, it's quite abrupt. Really abrupt, yeah. Uh, um, Monteith decides not to invest. Yeah, he's too... Uh, yeah, he's charmed, isn't he, by the town of Bridehaven. Oh, is that what happens? He says he's charmed by Bridehaven. Yeah, is it Brighthaven? Yeah. Oh, well, Brighthaven's where Nick Berry is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, like, yeah, the people have been good to me, uh, and I don't want to ruin this sense of community by putting it under a dome. Right. Yeah, again, the dome. Yeah, always <laughs> with the dome. Like a Centre Parks esque man, isn't he? Yeah, but Centre Parks aren't whole towns <laughs> under dimes. <laughs> They're just like water slides. And they them. used to be. And then, the, you know, they replaced the post office with a water slide and the. Insignia. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the the hosp- local library with a I don't know bike trail, awful. Yeah, can't live in those places. Yeah. So that's um, Harbour Lights. It's just a bit nothing, you really. It's unremarkable. Yeah, it's like I I could I would have enjoyed watching a detuned television like <laughs> an hour and forty minutes of static. Noise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they make dramas like this anymore. Just sort of so nondescript. Yeah. I think now it's sort of either a bit gorier or a bit. It just has more kind of drama. Things like mm. uh, Doctor Foster, where there's 
Hysterical. I think I've not seen it either, so I shouldn't comment on it. But but you know, it's the age of prestige TV, right? Yeah. If if you're gonna have fifty, what is this? Fifty-two minutes, forty-five minutes of airtime. Yeah, do something with it. Yeah. I wonder if it's half the appeal. Certainly, the first series is that. Like coziness that people got when they watch Heartbeat. They weren't really bothered about the plots yeah. of series. Like, oh, this is quite nice, isn't it? Oh, it's a seaside soundtrack. view. Yeah. Which one? Heartbeat. Heartbeat, yeah. What's the thing about it? I like Green Grass. Green Grass? Yeah. Not the Green Green Grass of Home. Oh, no, yeah. Falls and Horses spin off. Yeah. Um, that wasn't good, no. No. Um, but yeah. Um, just um, limited in scope. I mean, favourite characters, favourite lines? Does anyone. I quite like the line. All of us here know the power the sea has over our lives. Oh, <laughs> was that the Reverend? Giving yeah, yeah, I just thought it was a funny thing to say. I've never really thought about the power the sea has over my life. I don't know if either of you have. I grew up in the Midlands, so it definitely <laughs> means nothing to me. And favourite character? I don't really have one. Um, Sean. Okay. Sean, Sean. He's not in it. Oh, Steve. So the so, only quote I wrote down, because it seemed like such a non sequitur... Um, so <laughs> given this is the only one I bothered to write down it's my favourite um, <laughs> don't let Sam stick his finger in the salt remember what happened last time <laughs> I yeah. don't know is that a double entendre possibly it's hard to glean too much from yeah favourite characters Vinny the safe cracker oh right okay. because yeah. of his tattoo mm. yeah uh, my favourite line was hi I'm the harbour master because it's the only one I remember does <laughs> <laughs> that actually happen I, I <laughs> maybe when he's introduced to uh, Mr. Centreparks okay. possibly I don't yeah. know uh, favourite character the boy which boy there's a few boys in it Jake Jake Ford oh that boy ok yeah he's not bad is he because not he feels... B-U-O-Y <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. boy. I haven't seen any boys um no I mean the way he fell out of that boat was spectacular did mm. he jump or was he he looked like he jumped he did look like he jumped <laughs> he wasn't having a good time was he no, poor Jake. Bitch. Anyway, should we rate it? Oh yeah. Um, I need to get my birds out. Get your birds out, Keith. So give us a little eyeful. Um, for I don't know what I was going to say there. Uh, for reference, uh, you gave the Persuaders three, which is a Gastornis. Yeah. So only only two from the highest. You gave Crime Traveler. Six and five, mm-hmm. respectively. Okay. Do you, I gave it five. Keith's pointing. That's not helpful. <laughs> uh, so you gave it five. <laughs> and you uh, gave it Golden Eagle. Mm. Six. Um, and you should go that way. Okay. Um, it's ten Sparrow for me. Really? Yeah. Thank you, Tom. I, mm. I mean, I'm, mm, definitely episode one. Maybe episode two is a bit better. Good, largely down to the presence of Peter Guinness as oh. Vinny, but Tina Hobby. I don't know who is. Tina Hobby was the police police yeah, lady. Yeah, but who is she? What should I, I, I know? That she was on the jump and she suffered uh, a nasty fall and is still recovering from her injuries. What's the a few jump? years later, it's that ski jump program that celebrities go yeah. on. It's like I'm a jungle. Uh, I'm a celebrity <laughs> jump. I'm a jungle. Get yeah. me out of this celebrity. But with ski jumps, <laughs> I think Dean Kane was Dean Kane on it. Or, Dean Kane from Superman. Yeah, or was. It's, it's, it's not said Superman, it's Superman. Well, <laughs> um, also, Bradley Wiggins was on the last series, which was all. He's, he's already an athlete. He could do better. Yeah, um, of sorts. Tina Hobley, I think, rose to fame in uh, Coronation Street. 
No. And then she was in Hobby City forever. Hobby City. Hobby City. <laughs> well, that's another Michael French that's connection, right. isn't it? Yeah. Another connection. Uh, there was this great. Sorry, uh, Graham. Do you want to score it? Um, I'm sticking with my Sparrow. I think. I'm gonna say. What's the bother, Robin? Um, a kakapo. Yeah, kakapo. Really? Yeah, it's I quite generous. Know. That's an eight. I thought you'd go. I thought you'd. I, I thought you'd go Sparrow. I'm surprised, Graham. I want room to manoeuvre in case I see something so bad. I, I can't. I really don't want to watch anything that's worse than this. <laughs> I'm going to go with seven, which is seven. King Penguin. Well, you didn't actually watch most of the second episode, <laughs> yeah. so I feel like your vote doesn't count. I, I watched half of the second episode, I think. Okay. So I watched more than more than half of the the set. So that recap was as much for you as it was the the audience. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I did tune out again. Well, but. Uh, it's I good to know. It was better listening to you than I was watching. Oh, thanks. Yeah, sure. Good to know who the man in the balaclava was, and, and that it was a relevant plot point. Mm. <laughs> that would be weird. They just—it <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Though. <laughs> they just throw this stuff in. Yeah, I mean, any yeah, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. No, no, it's not to be enjoyed. I think the, the best thing for me is... And the thing is, Keith, oh, you... you, sorry. you <laughs> By all means, Tommy, we're, only, we're only watching it because you wanted to, and you yeah, didn't even watch this it. This is the elephant in the room. I was, I was busy. <laughs> and it's more just it, just remembering Harbour Lights. Did you watch it at the time? Uh, not really. It wasn't, no. wasn't really good, was your it? your cup of tea. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, it's sort of why we chose Goodnight Sweetheart, just because it's amusing to consider the fact that we're watching it. But we did, we did remember that fondly, yeah, albeit I incorrectly. Fondly, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe I did, I don't know. It's more the, more the novelty, I suppose, of being able to say we've been watching Harbour Lights. Lights. Yeah. At least you're you're not picking one again for the next series. Oh, no. come on. <laughs> what about Bugs? Yeah, we should do Bugs. Yeah, we should do Bugs. Uh, but it, it reminded me of an old feature that Richard Bacon used to do on his XFM show, which was Howl's Tina Hobley. Richard what? Richard Bacon. What's the title? What's the title of the feature? Oh, Howl's Tina Hobley. Oh, Howl's Tina Hobley. Mm. How is Tina Hobley? Tina, Tina Hobley. Right. And he would um, pretend to phone Tina Hobley, yeah. but Tina Hobley was played by his male colleague. <laughs> and, um, Nick Berry. Nick Berry. And I think oh, yeah. they would just talk about where, where she was that, that day. Who wants to do a quiz? Hey. Is, it, is it a tie at the moment? Is it one or two or no? Oh, Tom's two we one discussed up, this at length no, last episode. Cut it out. We did. I did. Yeah. Goodness. Tom has won the last two. And you won one. I've won one. So it's two one. I mean, the other was a draw. So, so you're pleased to prepared a tiebreaker. Oh, fantastic! Should it? And I hope it is. Should it be necessary? Mm. Okay. okay. Here's the premise. Nick Barry was not just a successful actor. I realised I put the past tense. I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> anyway, uh, but a singer as well. Side note, he was one of three men with the surname Berry to have had a hit with the song Harpy. Isn't that funny? Chuck? I think maybe. And no, Dave no. Berry. Not the sort of cheeky Cockney oh, right. Who was Harpy originally by? It might have been Chuck. Yeah, it seems a bit soft for Chuck Berry. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't Chuck. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, look up on your own time. So, I'm going to give you a credit and a song or an album and I want you to tell me the singer who's also an actor so their name their character's name and each show they appeared in plus a song or album I'm being generous I'm being good to you both Mm. just all you got to do is tell me the actor's name oh god okay so So if I was for this one if I say Lieutenant Mike Nichols Mm. 
Heartbeat, you'd have to tell me Nick Perry. T- Nick Perry. <laughs> Tina Hobby. Nick. Tina Hobby. <laughs> Got that? Right. Yeah, yeah good. I think so. Okay. Uh, question one mm-hmm. Oz in Alveda's name pet crocodile shoes. Oh, are oh, we fighting it down, aren't we? Sorry. Yeah, no, I should have prepared you for that. Keeps no. hunched over. I know, anguish. I know, I know his name. Tom's got it. Yeah, well, you know, give me, give me, give me a small moment. I can picture him. I can hear his voice. You're lying. She's lying. <laughs> uh, She's lying. I want you to win, but I am going to have to hurry you. Yeah. Oh, Christ. If only I wasn't a little bit hungover, it'd be fine. Keith, you've lost it. Sorry. Yeah, the yeah, answer sorry. is Jimmy Nail. Yeah. That's got to hurt. I got yeah. it. That's the easiest yeah. one, by the way. That's an easy one. Good luck. Question two. Tiffany Mitchell in EastEnders. Perfect moment. Look at that. Tom's right in there, which is embarrassing. Just, yeah, good spelling as well. It's a bit of a tricky one to spell the surname. Can you look at this upside down? Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Marty McCutcheon. Points all around. Not good that I got that, but not Jimmy now. Um, question three: Detective Sergeant George Carter in the Sweeney. Downwind of angels. Oh, what's this? Got I thought this would play more to Keith, but he's <laughs> not typing a thing. No. Yeah, Tommy, you're right. Oh, but, oh, Tom is running away with it. Well, he's not. No, he isn't. One more point than you. Yeah, writes the theme tune, sings the theme tune. It's Dennis Waterman. This one's trickier. Nick Tilsley in Coronation Street, song I Breathe Again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I can picture the man, but. Blonde haired man boy yeah. from the 90s. Oh, I do know this. Oh. <laughs> to that, that clue. Oh, this isn't going well. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. It's oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. Adam Ricketts. Yeah. Who actually had Ricketts. Is that right? That's not true. Did he and Hob- were he, he and Hobbly co-stars? Uh, I don't know. Was Hobbly in Coronation Street? Yeah. Did you just say that. Yes. No. But that's what she was in before Harbour Lights, in, in many ways. Was she in Harbour Lights? And, and uh, then Hobie City. Ah, you know, yeah. Nick Barry was uh, in Harbour Lights. <laughs> question five. The last yeah. question. Yeah. Grange Hill. Terence Teggs Ratcliffe was the character's name. Someone to love. This is the hardest question. Oh, God. Terence Teggs Ratcliffe. That was the name of the character in yeah. Blind Chill. Yeah. Someone to love. Also in EastEnders, I'll give you that one. But that doesn't really narrow it down. I think it seems to be a finishing school for Grain Chill actors. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, I do know it. Oh, really? Tom, are you going for. If this is it. This is. No, Tom's going to run. This is a complete yes. Are you both up for the same thing, Tom Carty? Yeah. No. Well, well I wrote Mark Fowler originally. <laughs> What's his name? Sean Maguire. Oh, uh, you were banging on about him, weren't you? Certainly was, yeah. yeah. Can't remember why, but who needs a reason? A little longer. Yeah. Um, so, Tom wins 3 1. Tom wins. Tom wins the series. Do you want yeah. to do the tiebreak anyway? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Nicholas Lintus is a member of the British Beekeepers Association. But in which year did he join? Ooh. Okay. Would you accept to the. Okay. Yeah. You don't really have to write it down. Okay. Just tell me. I'm going to well, say... Mm. Well, I mean, we can't both. Yeah, we can't both. Okay. I mean, they yeah, can. Well, I, the stakes couldn't be lower. Fine. <laughs> 1995. Oh, I got with 98. Tom wins again, 94. 
You know too much, Tom. <laughs> You're on a losing streak, kid. <laughs> yeah. Just like in life. Oh, don't be like that. Too late, Tom. Too, too late. The damage is done. This was the final straw. You're not a loser, kid. You've got an award-winning podcast. That's true. It will have an award-winning podcast. Yeah. yeah. We just need someone to give it that title um, award. So that's not only the end of... Um, uh, Keith? Hi. <laughs> that's not only the end of Harbour Lights... It's the end of season two. Yeah, that's right. Well done, Tom, yeah. It is the end of series two. Uh, six episodes in each. Uh, and it's it's been a hell of a journey. Mm. It has, isn't it? Hell of a journey. I've enjoyed it. Certainly been more variety than, than we've had <laughs> before. Which is nice, isn't it? Yeah, Bruce Forsyth. I mean, if you want variety. Oh, triple threat. better than that. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Got yeah. rights to theme tunes. <laughs> Don't dwell, Keith, you lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long journey home. <laughs> well, I guess... I we'll guess, be back. Yes, we will. We definitely will be back. We will be back. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to give too much away, but maybe we will be back. I mean, we will. We will. Yeah, we, we will. Watch but I won't say when. This space. Yeah, watch watch the Twitter, uh, Sparrow Talk Pod. When Keith remembers to tweet. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often. I try and think of things to put in between the uh, the tweets to the podcast themselves, but, you know, what do you say? There's not much to say. You don't want to give away the contents of the podcast. No, you could um, retweet tweets from actors who feature in our shows. Yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. But what if they listen to the podcast and hear us slagging them off? Nah. It won't happen. Which bit? Yeah, no. <laughs> no what are the now to? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, right, Tom's Tom's giving me the reel in the fish gesture. Don't understand how that's relevant. Tom has to edit this. Yeah. <laughs> well, what he doesn't know is that I accidentally paused it earlier between Graham introducing the, the quiz. But it's fine. You, you only lost two words. I don't think they were significant. I've right. edited it for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, thanks for listening to Sparrow Talk presents Harbour Lights. Um, that that was it. It's goodbye from Keith. It's goodbye from Tom. And it's goodbye from Graham. Ta-ra. <laughs>